High Desert Word Center. Good evening, everybody. Amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord together tonight? Amen. Who's loving this fall time weather that is finally here? Amen. And not a moment too soon. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, we've got one in the crowd that is not a... She, she's a summer fan. Can you believe this? Wait, whoa, whoa, there's more of you? All right, I know what to preach on now. We're going to fix you guys, amen? No, it's okay. Hey, you're allowed to have your own opinion as long as it's the same as mine, amen? <laughs> uh, it's a joke, it's a joke, amen? Well, we're going to have a great time together tonight getting into the Word of God and, and having some uh, worship together. But let's go ahead and stand up. We're, of course, going to speak some words of faith over the United States. We are also going to be uh, praying over Israel tonight uh, because we all know we saw a lot of that on, uh, we talked about some of that on Sunday, some very serious things going on in the nation of Israel that I believe will have massive uh, uh, implications for the rest of the world. And so anyway, we're going to be praying about this, but uh, you maybe saw this morning, they were also starting to get attacked from the north up there from Lebanon. And so they've got it coming from both ends right now. And, uh, and but we know, hey, if you've read the Bible, we know that God is victorious every single single time. Amen. And uh, it's just really important that we, um, that we do what we're supposed to do and pray for Israel and Jerusalem. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to speak some words of faith over the United States tonight. Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's agree in prayer tonight. Father in Jesus name, Lord, we love you. And we know Lord that your word is true. And we understand that a lot of the things that we are currently seeing and things that we have already seen and things that we are going to be seeing in the coming days are things that your word prophesied thousands of years ago. And so, uh, we know that uh, th- that your word is once again being proven to be true and accurate. But Lord, we are instructed in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so we do that together tonight, Lord. We pray for peace in Jerusalem in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray uh, for the nation of Israel, uh, specifically, Lord, to be safe and victorious. And Lord, we pray for healing uh, to take place uh, for those that have been wounded and injured injured and and lost uh, loved ones already. And Lord, we just, we, we say in Jesus name that the United States will stay on the right side of things here and they will support your people, Israel, and keep that commitment uh, that we've had with them, Lord, all of these decades. And so thank you, Jesus, that we know you're coming back soon. We are going to be ready. And Lord, we pray once again for the peace of Jerusalem in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over the United States now. Amen. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Okay, we have got a lot of announcements, a lot of great things going on. 
first of all, I want to introduce a first timer that we have tonight. If I can see, uh, Stephen, are you here? Baby Braxton? All right, maybe they stepped out for a minute. All right. Well, we have another newborn baby that is only four days old that they brought to church tonight. So baby Braxton is here somewhere. We have, I mean, it seems like every week now we've got a new baby in here. And I, hey, I love that. We'll take that all the time. We love babies. Amen. And so anyway, we'll maybe get to see them here in a few minutes. They're here somewhere. All right. Um, okay, let's go. Ladies, are you in the house tonight? Ooh, wow. They're here. Okay. So Friday night, 630 is the October women's meeting. Amen. And so that's going to be over there in Victory Hall, the building right back there uh, on the other side of the parking lot. Huh? Oh, hey, there's our baby. All right. Let's baby Braxton, everybody. Yeah. I promised I wouldn't get all up in his face because, you know, people generally don't like that. Look at this little guy. Oh, my goodness. Adorable. Well, Thank you, Jesus. We, you know, we believe in the church growing one way or another. Hey, we'll just, hey, we'll make our own, you know? Hey, all right. So praise God. Uh, but the ladies, the women's meeting is this Friday, 630 Victory Hall. And, uh, there, what's the menu? Soup or salad or dessert or what? Or drinks. Okay. All right. Very good. Soup, salad, drinks. It's like the Olive Garden. All you can eat. Let's go this Friday, 630. All right. Next Thursday, the 19th at 7 p.m. is our October Servant Leadership Night. And so that's for anybody that wants to, again, get a little bit more involved and, and help us out with some of the upcoming things and planning and, and just, you know, get a little behind the scenes um, information and a little leadership teaching. So that is uh, 7 p.m. next Thursday. All right. Right. And then here's a, a unique announcement. Are the burrito bros here tonight? Do I have the burrito bros? Okay. Here's one. There's the other. Okay. If you don't know, Alex, uh, back there has a YouTube channel and he's doing really well. Uh, but him and Raymond have, uh, they started a series online that's gone very successfully, several hundred thousand viewers now. And, um, and so, uh, they are actually doing so well that they have a float in the parade in a couple of weeks. So, uh, we're excited about this. Amen. Alex is our media director, if you didn't know that, but it's going to be Saturday the 21st and they're going to be on the float and they're uh, playing Christian music and passing out invitations to Harvest Fest the next week. And so I think that's absolutely incredible. So if you can be there at the parade, be there. I'm really excited about that. And actually I got, I don't want to, you know, embarrass anybody, but I got a new brother named Israel back there and Christina and they actually, yeah. Hey, listen. (laughs) I'm not trying to put you on the spot one of your first times at the church, but they actually started coming because of the Burrito Bros. They saw them on on Facebook and they came because of that. So good job, boys. <laughs> Amen. And that guy's got a great name. I keep telling him that, but that is a winner of a name right there. I love that. So, okay. Uh, so if you are fans of the Burrito Bros, even if you don't like them, go to the parade. It's going to be great. All right. So. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Okay. Uh, where was I? Harvest Fest. Let's get into some Harvest Fest information. All right. It's coming up. We're a couple weeks away. 
Friday, October 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. This is our main event of the whole year. And uh, and so uh, we need everybody to kind of be on board and helping us out with this. I'm going to pass out a couple of sign-up sheets here um, for you guys. One of them is for the volunteers. If you haven't signed up to volunteer yet, you can do that. And the other sign-up sheet is for hot dogs because we need thousands of hot dogs to feed thousands of people. So... It's okay, Cletus. You didn't fumble. I just got ahead of you. It's all right. Okay. You know, (laughs) cowboys. (laughs) So um, anyway, so what's going on here is we're going to be doing um, hot dogs. We need a lot of hot dogs. um, So if you could sign up to bring some of those, that would be great. And then we have a unique thing. uh, Billy's Kitchen, one of our just favorite restaurants ever. Uh, Billy is a church member here. She is doing breakfast burritos. Uh, you can pre-order those October the 8th through the 18th, right back there by the bookstore at the Harvest Fest table. Walter has a sign-up sheet right there. And the burritos will be available for breakfast on Sunday, October 22nd, right here before the morning service. Wouldn't that be cool? You could be eating, crunching on some bacon, listening to the Word of God. Amen. Huh? No? Okay. Anyway, uh, that's a joke. I know. No, okay, now I'm getting on mom and everyone's mad at me. No, no. You won't eat it during the service. You would eat it beforehand. Okay. There we go. Uh, but the menu is bacon or sausage burritos or $6 or a combo burrito uh, with the different meats is $7. So you can order them back there, pre-order them, and you can get them on Sunday the 22nd. And of course, the last thing we need to say is we just need definitely candy, candy, candy. We're filling up a thousand candy bags. Uh, so the first 1,000 kids here get a bag of candy that night. And again, we like the good stuff, so we want to really bless them. So keep bringing in the candy. That is the biggest thing that we can do right now. Okay. And I think that's all the announcements we have for right now. So who knows what time it is now? Amen. It is happy time, which means it's time for our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Because God just loves a cheerful giver, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Did you say God loves a fearful giver? Well, some people look like they're afraid. <laughs> oh, he didn't, he didn't say fearful, he said tearful. Some people look like they want to cry. He said a cheerful giver. Amen, amen, amen. So everybody's got an envelope that wants one. And then how many read this morning's devotion? This is Pastor. You read half of it. So they're followed you as you follow Christ. You read half, they read none. <laughs> okay. All right. How many are going to start reading the devotion? A lot of hard work and things go into that, and it's really a blessing with the Word of God, and Mrs. Pastor puts it together. Amen. It's so good. Well, anyway, I'm going to be working off that right now because it's so good for where we are. Hebrews chapter 10. If you would have read the devotion, you would know where I'm going to. But it's verse 35 at verse 36. Verse 35, verse 36, and the the theme of the devotion this month is how to encourage yourself in the Lord. How to encourage yourself in the Lord. And so many times Christians are waiting on somebody else to help prop them up and cheer them up and get them going. And then people around you are all down 
And so you all get down. But if you learn how yourself, how to encourage yourself. Amen. You learn how to get yourself moving. And from the Word of God, we're teaching that for the whole month. And I'm using my favorite scriptures, that devotion over the years that helped me when it looked like it was quitting time, crying time, losing time. It's overtime. No way, Jose time. I've always had these verses I go to, but verse 35 and verse 36 says this. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Well, you got to have confidence first before you can cast it away or throw it away, or that means give up. And, and for what we're looking at here, since Hebrews is a really book of faith, I'm going to say your faith. Don't give up on your faith. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Of reward. How do you know what a reward is? Man, reward means you're getting blessed. You're getting something. And most of the time, if you think about, is there a reward for that lost dog? Well, you're not thinking somebody said, well, we'll give you a cupcake. Hey, <laughs> man, or we'll thank you. We'll give you a handshake for finding our dog. They're going to give you some money. And so here we're talking about cast out away there for your confidence has great recompense and reward. When you're a person that's a faithful tither to Jesus, when you're a person that freely gives because you want to and you're a blesser of other people then you have a right to reward and we don't do we don't we, we, we don't tithe because we want god to bless us we tithe because we love him then he says he will bless us because we love him we tithe and we put him first because we treat people right we bless people we get a chance we don't do it thinking oh man i, I, I can't wait to give some money to somebody so i can get some back no we see people want to help them and because we do, the Word of God says, what we sow is what we reap. And because we are sowers, sometimes it seems like it's a while before the reaping happens. You know, you need that light payment last week. Amen? And I know some people believe it, believe it, believe it for another car. Well, you needed that car last year and you're still believing. Amen? You're patching those tires or whatever you're doing to keep them going and you're still believing. Well, as you're believing, God's working. But he says, don't give up. He says, cast out away there for your confidence. And if you're a believer that lives by the word of God, then your confidence came from what? Hearing. Hearing the word of God. You got promises you're standing on. You got scriptures you're quoting. And whatever you think about what it is you're believing for, then you obviously have verses you're going to be talking to the Lord about. Lord, you said in due season I reap if I faint not. And I'm not going to quit, Lord. I'm sowing, so I'm reaping. I'm a cheerful giver. And so he says, that confidence you have came from the Word of God. And I want you to look at verse 23 now. And this is how you cast not away therefore your confidence. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our faith, not our doubts, not our fears, Hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Well, we know the pastor's faithful. He's the one that promised. No, Jesus promised. You don't look to your pastor to meet your need. You don't look to another brother, sister, Lord to meet your need. Jesus may use your pastor. He may use somebody else that you know to do it, but you're looking to Jesus. said he's the one that's faithful that promised. And so when you have verses that you're standing on for things you believe in God for, he says Jesus is faithful that promised. And so make sure you never get mixed up people with Jesus. People, 
may share verses with you. People may pray for you and encourage you, but Jesus is the one behind it all. And so if you will just keep on doing what you did to get your confidence in the first place, keep on believing God for cars, clothes, houses, whatever it is you're believing God for, keep on believing But when things get down, you encourage yourself with the Lord by saying, Thank you, Jesus, your word says in Luke 6, 38, What I give is given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And that's the way it works. Amen. And so let's make sure we read those devotions. They'll keep you pumped up real good. But let's stand up. We do our financial faith confession. I'll tell you what, Pastor Dave already preached a whole bunch of good things just as little bit he did right there. I can't wait to hear the word because I don't want to be lukewarm. Amen. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give ministry in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Shake prison walls. 
us, Lord. And we know that if, if you've been there this whole time, there's no way that you're leaving us or forsaking us right now. You said you would be with us always, even unto the end of the world. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you are right here with us. And Lord, we love you. We ask that you would have your way in this service tonight, Lord. Speak to us. You know what each one of us is facing in our life right now, what each one of us is dealing with. And Jesus, we know that you are the answer for every single situation that we have. And so we're going to hear from you tonight. Faith is going to come because faith comes when we hear the word of God. And so thank you, Jesus, for victory. We love you in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. You can give somebody a nice little high five on your way down there to your seat. And um, listen, uh, if the, the kids in second grade on up, uh, if they're in the service with us for worship tonight, they can go ahead and start making their way to the lobby there. Their teachers will take them to class. Amen. Yeah. So we keep some of those older kids in here. They like to do worship with us and then they can uh, go to their class and get a lesson for their age group right after worship. So that's why we, we do that on Wednesday nights. All right. So we're going to be getting into the word of God tonight. Who's excited to hear from Jesus this evening? Amen. Yeah. That's what we're here for. So uh, the, we're going to be talking about faith tonight. We are going to be having a good message here about faith. And I had, you know, does you ever sometimes uh, you thought you're going to do one thing, then your boss is like, no, you're not doing that. You're doing something else. Well, that kind of happened to me today. So uh, <laughs> my boss is God. I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, I had a sermon about the end times I wanted to preach tonight. Super bad. And I was so excited. Uh, but the boss told me to not do that. And so. I'm going to hopefully do that this weekend if he'll give me permission to do so. Uh, but uh, but he, he directed me to speak about faith this evening. And I think that it's incredible because we just sang a song that was all about faith. And that really kind of pumped me up for this. And I've just heard a lot of people, uh, you know, talking tonight about different things they may be going through and stuff like that. So we are going to be talking about faith because you know that faith can move mountains, right? Amen. We're going to look at that tonight. But Whatever it is you are facing, we know that God's got the power. And if you've got the faith to believe him, we're going to plug these things in together and see some awesome things happen in our lives. So let's go ahead and uh, we're going to get right into this. The title is Faith is Confident. Faith is Confident. And so whenever you talk to somebody and, and you know, they maybe tell you, hey, I'm praying about this situation. And you could ask, well, are you in faith? I guess so. Okay. Uh, well, do you believe that God's going to make this happen? Golly, I sure hope he does because I don't know what we're going to do if, if it does and we're just going to go under. Well, then kind of the answer to that would be it doesn't sound like you're in faith very much there because faith is confident. Amen. And so whenever somebody comes up that has confident faith, they may say, yeah, I'm, I'm praying for this situation. And then I would ask, okay, do you have faith that this is going to happen? Absolutely. Do you believe that God is going to move this mountain? 100%. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. That is confident faith. 
And that's when we begin to see some mountains move. Amen. Some red seas part. We begin to see uh, God bring you through the fiery furnace that you're going through when we really, truly believe him and trust him. This is called confident faith. All right. And so we're going to get on into this. Number one tonight, we're going to talk about three things. Number one, when you're living in faith, you are confident that God will keep his word to you. You are confident that God will keep his word to you. Now, do you, have you ever had somebody that they may make you a promise or say, hey man, I got you. I will take care of that. Don't even worry about it. And then you walk away being like, oh gosh, I'm really worried. Why? Because their word's no good, right? They promise things and they don't keep their word. And, and so sometimes somebody will say, hey man, I promise you, I will take care of this situation for you. Some people tell me that and I'm like, oh great. Now I've got to do some extra work because there's no way they're going to actually do it. I'm just being honest. And then there's some people that are like, Hey, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I'll take care of that. And I'm like, Oh good. I don't have to deal with that now because I know she always keeps her word and does what she says she's going to do. Amen. And so if you like God, amen. If you want to, if you want God to deliver for you, I'm just telling you something right now. You need to be a person of your word too. Because it's really hard to have confidence in somebody else's word if your word's never no good to anybody anyway. And I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing that out there that it is an essential part of the Christian faith and maturing in the Lord to be a person of your word. And so people that, you know, they, they keep their word, they keep their promises, they follow through on what they said they would do. I've noticed that oftentimes these are people that don't really have much of an issue trusting in God to do the same thing for them. That's just food for thought. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, Hebrews 11 and verse one. And you can hardly preach about faith uh, without looking at Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, this is the faith Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one. I'm going to look at it in the NLT and to be even more specific, call me a nerd, but the 1996 original uh, NLT. So Hebrews 11, they, they made a little update in the 2004 edition and then the 2015. I keep track of these things, but anyway, I really like the 1996 on this. So Hebrews 11 and verse one, it says it this way. What is faith? That's a good question. What is faith? Faith is, it is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Oh my goodness. That, get a hold of this. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. Now, if you're a person of faith, hey, there's sometimes somebody may come up and say, hey, what's going on in this situation? Man, we've got the victory. We already know. It's it's incredible. It's uh, I mean, yeah, we, we got it. Yeah. Woo. And someone's like, wait, you mean you, you, well, where, where's it at? Where's it at? And you're like, well, I, I told God I needed it. And, and, and I'm trusting that it's taken care of. Why? Because when you have faith, you have a confident assurance that what you hope for is actually going to happen. Is there anybody in here that you're kind of standing in faith for some things right now? You're praying, you're believing God, and you don't actually have the answer in your hands just yet. 
but you're still fully confident that it's on the way, brother. It, it, you're happy. You're excited. You're not down. You're not depressed. You are confident and you are assured that you have the answer to the situation. How could you have that? It's called faith. And so when you have faith, you are confident that God will actually keep his word to you. And so I was looking up some definitions of confident, all right? And just in English, confident is marked by assurance of success. But check it out. Confident means very bold, very bold and presumptuous. Confident, very bold and presumptuous. And so I know this much. Faith people are bold. Faith people are bold about their beliefs. I can't think of a true faith person in the Bible or alive today that isn't bold. I'm not saying they're loud mouths and they're going around with a megaphone screaming in your face. I'm not, that, that's not talking, that's not the type of bold I'm talking about. I'm talking about they don't back down from what they believe in the Word of God. They don't back down from God's promises and they don't back down from what they believe in the word of God. Faith people are bold about what the word of God says. And now this other word that, that, that it tells us uh, bold is, is, is presumptuous. And, and I'll say, yeah, faith people are presumptuous. Now, usually the word presumptuous has a little bit of a negative connotation, you know, and I, I say presumptuous and I can, you know, some people are like, well, yeah, that, that's not a good thing. No, listen, we're not talking about in a negative way. Faith people presume that God is not lying and he meant what he said. Anybody in here, you just, you read the Bible and you just, you presume it's true. I mean, come on, I better see more hands than that in a faith church on a Wednesday night in October. Listen, you presume that God said it and he actually meant it. And on top of that, you believe that it can work for you today in your situation. I presume, I I absolutely, my faith is presumptuous that God is going to do what he said he is going to do. Now, when you rely on, on the systems of this world, you can't presume that any of that is always going to be there, right? I mean, there's things that we may presume in, in our technology. If we are a hundred percent reliant upon our phone for anything, I found out that's a really bad idea because my phone can die sometimes, right? And Jesus died once and he came back to life and he never had to get recharged or anything like that. He just stayed charged up this whole time. I love it about him. And, and, and sometimes, you know, your phone, uh, what if, what if the wifi goes out and, and, and you don't have any, you know, uh, 5g service and, and you were totally relying on it. It can really let you down. In fact, a few weeks ago, we were up in San Francisco and Doug, he's up in Children's Church tonight. He was taking me to the Oakland airport so I could get back down here for Sunday service. Well, where we were at, we were, uh, we were just out at this beach up there. We were doing this funeral service and there was no cell signal. And so we presumed we knew the way to the Oakland airport.
port and we had no cell signal. Well, turns out we did not know the way to the Oakland airport. And we were out there. And I don't even know where we were. We were just out there. We, and God is my witness. We drove into this little like cowboy town. And I didn't know they had those by San Francisco, but they do. And I saw Hoss Cartwright. I'm pretty sure I saw him. But, and, and I was like, where in the world are we? What is this? And, uh, Thank God we made it to the Oakland airport and I ran straight to that flight and made it on and I didn't think I was going to make it. But listen, we were totally relying on our phone is always going to be there for us. We can count on Verizon and we could not. Amen. So listen, we presumed upon something that is oftentimes there for us, but sometimes it's not. And I know this much. There's been a lot of big, bold things that we've prayed for in this church and in our lives that I've just presumed God's word was true. And I can tell you right now, God's word has never failed me, not one single time. Amen. Through leukemia, when I had leukemia, healed me of it. When I was crippled and couldn't walk anymore, healed me of it. Amen. All the things that I've ever needed him to come through for, he's came through for you can go ahead and be bold and confident and just presume that God's word is going to work. Let's look at Mark 11 and verse 23. Mark 11 and verse 23. Who knows this verse? Amen. Mark 11:23. We're going to read it in the King James, brother. Mark 11:23. Love it. And again, I said that earlier we can hardly preach on faith without looking at Hebrews 11. I'll also say we can hardly preach on faith without going to Mark 11. I mean, this is fire right here. You got to love this. Mark 11 and verse 23, the words of Jesus. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, who does, who does whosoever mean? Means, yeah, it means anybody. Whosoever is what it means. Shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, people love to just butcher this verse and, and come at you with it in all sorts of ways. I've heard some people say, man, you can't use that verse. He was talking to the disciples right there. That ain't you. And I'm like, well, how come he didn't say, okay, you 12, if any of you 12 shall say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, then it'll actually happen. He didn't say that. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Amen. And so in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, nobody ever argues that that just meant that the one guy, he was talking to Nicodemus. Nobody, ha- I've never heard anybody say, you can't use that verse. He was talking to Nick. He was talking to Nicodemus right there. Everybody says, no, anybody can be saved because John three sixteen says that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish. And so if whosoever means whosoever in John three sixteen, then whosoever means whosoever and Mark eleven twenty three, I rest my case. Is that how they do it? I haven't been to court very much, but I think they say that. so listen. Now I want to point something out here. Notice that you believe first of all. And then you receive. 
Because a lot of people are like, man, I tried that. I spoke to the mountain. Nothing happened. Well, did you actually believe in your heart and not doubt that those things which you say shall come to pass? You got you, the, the believing comes before the receiving. And there's a lot of people that they want to receive and then believe. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah, as, as they used to say back in the day, you're getting the cart before the horse. The believing part comes before the receiving part. Because if you have to receive it before then, before you can believe it, you don't have faith. Because faith is believing without seeing. And I heard of a guy once that would only believe if he could see it. His name was Thomas. He was one of the 12 disciples. And after Jesus came back, right? And the disciples were like, hey, we saw him. He's like, Pfft. you ever seen somebody that does stuff like, Pfft. roll their eyes. I'm like, oh. I had a neighbor that did that. I couldn't stand it. Anyway, so, but you know, Thomas does that. And, and, and he's like, uh, I'm not going to believe it unless I can see it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I won't believe it unless I can feel the holes in his hand myself, then I'll believe it. And I'm that, what do we call that? That's not faith. If you can see it and feel it, it takes no faith. Faith comes when we believe, when we are confidently assured before we've ever even seen it. That's a really big deal. And so, Thomas has earned the nickname Doubting Thomas for two millenniums now, and rightfully so. You know, that's not the only case of him kind of saying silly things like that. But it's easy to make fun of Thomas. It's easy to kind of give him a hard time. But how many times do the very people, myself included in this room, how many times have we had a promise from God, but we don't fully believe it until we can see it? Right? Because Jesus told the disciples, hey, tear this, tear this temple down. I'll rebuild it in three days. They thought he was talking about Solomon's temple. He was talking about himself. And, and he kept, he, he gave plenty of different examples of, you know, hey, I'm going to be gone. I'm coming back. And then it actually happened. And Thomas is like, I don't believe it. Nah, no, nah, not till I see it. And we laugh at that. But how many of us have, words and promises from God right here that say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It's a promise. It's in the word and it's right there. And you know it, you know it, you know that verse, a lot of you do. And so how can you laugh at Thomas when you've got promises, you've got 66 books of promises right here. All right. You mean, really, you've got, you've got more in writing than Thomas had to go off of for sure. And, and, and so I can't laugh at him. You're like, he's silly. He wouldn't believe Jesus, even though Jesus made a promise to him. Well, what about the times that I've been silly and I wouldn't believe Jesus when Jesus made a promise to me until I saw it. It doesn't work that way. The Believing always comes before the receiving. Number two, number two, my points are kind of long tonight. I don't know why I did this. But number two, when you're living in faith, you can confidently obey God through tough times. When you are living in faith, you can confidently obey God. Somebody say obey God. Even through tough times. Now, I'm thinking about a guy named Noah tonight. Ever, anybody heard of Noah? Yeah? Okay, Noah. Well, 
God tells Noah that he's going to destroy the earth with a flood. So he needs to go build this massive, gigantic boat, right? Known as the ark. We know this story. Now, you've heard this since you were a child. So you're like, yeah, I love that story. I mean, of course he did it. Uh, hello, of course he did it. Do you realize the faith that it took for that man to go build a giant boat? Because God says, I'm going to flood the earth with rain. And if you look at the book of Genesis, it had never rained from the sky before that point in time. Before then, God watered the earth by causing water to come up through the ground. And so God tells this man, Noah, he says, I'm going to flood the whole earth. Water is going to fall from the sky this time. And we hear that and we're like, that's how it always comes, duh. But it had never happened that way before. And in fact, God caused the waters beneath the earth to bust open. He caused the sky to open and water came from both directions, right? And flooded the entire earth until it was higher than the highest peak in the world, Mount Everest, 29,029 feet tall. That is a lot of water right there. And so... God tells Noah, you know, I'm going to need you to go start working on this thing because there's a flood coming. And so, okay, maybe we're like, okay, yeah, it took faith. Do you realize the amount of work that this took? He couldn't go to Home Depot and buy the lumber, right? He couldn't go to Lowe's. He, he couldn't go buy the screws and the or the nails and the drill. He had to make all of these things himself. He had to chop down the trees. He had to saw it into to lumber. He had to make his own nails and his own hammer and his own saw. I mean, this was a monumental task. And he did all of it before he ever saw one drop of rain. This is huge. This is huge. And so I want you to see Genesis 6, verse 22. Genesis 6 and verse 22. This is a very simple verse, but I love this verse. Because this one sentence verse, this one sentence says so much to me. There's so much power in this one little verse. And so God gives Noah the one of the biggest tasks ever and he doesn't doubt it. He doesn't question it. He just, he just, okay, all right, let's go. And so Genesis 6 and verse 22. And again, this is very simple, but here it is. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. There it is. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. That's faith right there because God gave him very precise instructions. You know, I mean, he told him the measurements. He told him everything. Noah did it all exactly how God said to do it. And how many times God tells us to do something and we're like, I'll do it, but I'm going to go this way and I'm going to paint it like this and I'm going to, uh, I'll do it. But basically I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Amen. Love you, God. I'm a man of faith. I could use that check any day now. Come on, let it rain. Let it rain. Come on. Faith is obedience to what God tells us to do. And so if we're living by the Bible, if we're living by faith, it doesn't matter what our circumstances look like. We're just simply obeying the word of God.
We're just simply obeying the word of God. I was thinking about a throwback story tonight from Heather. You didn't know I was going to do this to you. All right. She loves this. She loves being put on the spot. But um, believe it or not, I'm, Heather was in one of my first youth group students many years ago. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, t- I'm saying I'm old. I'm not saying she's old. But anyway. Uh, but I was thinking about a story from years ago when her and Jose were waiters. Actually, this I think applies to both of them. But they were both waiters at uh, Chili's when they got married. And I remember she was telling us that, at that point in time, all the servers at work kind of made a practice of not claiming all of their tips so they wouldn't have to pay as much in taxes. And she started to feel a conviction about this in her heart. And so she started claiming all of her tips and people are like, you can't, that's, you are, you are stupid. You can't do that. Now you're not going to have as much money. You're going to get taxed on all of it. It's no good. But she obeyed her conviction. And to the dismay of everyone else, she ended up having the most tips in the whole restaurant every single time because God caused her to triumph because of obedience. Do not think, oh, here it goes. Come on. (laughs) Do not think that you can be a little rebel without a cause (laughs) and God's just going to rain down the blessings, rain down the money and the the good vibes that you're seeking. Come on. It's not happening. It ain't going to happen. Capping. Amen. God doesn't bless rebels like that. No, no. Obedience. Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. And so I'll say this much. If Noah was living based on his emotions and his mood, the ark never would have gotten completed. You can't just obey God and live by faith when you're in a good mood. Because there's some days you're going to be in a bad mood. I was in a bad mood an hour ago. <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't say that. My bad. All right. Thank, thank you. I always appreciate it. Yeah, I was. I'm good. I'm good now. Now I'm happy because you all are, you're doing great tonight. But I was. I wasn't real happy a little bit ago. But I know this much that if you're only going to obey God when you're in the mood or when it's easy, don't expect great. Well, look at this. Verse 5. Genesis 6, verse 5. All right? Because I'm going to tell you that there had to be some rough days building this ark. Genesis 6 and verse 5, it says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Ugh, what a verse. Everything, these people were nasty. They were having nasty thoughts, evil thoughts, violent thoughts, wicked thoughts, perverted thoughts. Everything they thought or imagined wasn't just occasionally evil. It was consistently and totally evil. Now, I'm sure that these people, I can just imagine, I know people like this. You know people like this. These evil people, I guarantee you, they didn't keep their mouth shut when the old man was building his big boat because water was going to fall from the sky and flood the whole earth. Kidding me? He probably dealt with trash talking and getting made fun of every single day. When he went to bed, teenagers came out with cans of spray paint, right, and tagged the side of the ark. And he's, Here we go again, eating their talkies and playing. Listen, he had to deal with some stuff. Okay, and so we look back. In hindsight, it's easy to look back and be like, well, yeah, I mean, duh, he had to or else civilization would have ended. So he had to do what he had to do. Man, Noah obeyed God through 
rougher circumstances, I would say, than any of us have ever had to deal with. At least I'll speak for me. I've never had to build a gigantic boat the size, the size of one and a half football fields. Are you kidding me? And then gather all these animals. I've never done anything like that. That's crazy. And, and so Noah was a man of faith. I'm just going to quote this verse for the sake of time, but you can write it down. Second Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Noah had to walk by faith because by sight, yeah, most scholars, we don't know exactly how long it took Noah to build the ark. People use the phrase 120 years. Bible doesn't say that. But I would say by the lowest estimate, it took 70 years from what I can at least understand. It could have taken as long as 100 or more years. Can you imagine working on the same project for at least 70 years and the rain still hasn't come? It still isn't there? And some of us are like, man, I've been praying for like a week now and I still don't have a raise on the job. They still don't make me manager. I just, I quit. You know, that's what I'll do. I'll quit right now and see how. Faith hero. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, oh my goodness. So listen, we walk by faith, not by sight. And I thank God that Noah didn't walk by sight because I don't think that boat would have got built. And I don't think you would be here tonight, nor would I, because human civilization would have ceased to exist a very long time ago. And so if we're going to see some big things, it's going to take some big faith. I was thinking about my older, I've got some older brothers that are farmers, and they've got this incredible ability to predict the weather. <laughs> I, I, it gets me every time. And so, you know, so many times they're, they're farmers, they know what they're doing. But, you know, you could look on your phone or on, you know, the, the news, and it'll pr- promise sunny blue skies all day long. And sure enough, one of my brothers will walk out the door. Tell you what, in about 25 minutes, there's going to be rain coming from the northeast. Go get a coat on. And I'm like, no, stop that. It's, it's hot out here. Sure enough, like 25 minutes, here comes a thunderstorm rolling in. I'm like, what is this? Why? How do you know this? I, it must be a farmer thing or something. But I know this much. Every time they've done that to me, I've walked by sight. Because I didn't see any storm coming. But somebody that had better senses than I had saw it coming. And sometimes you may be like, I don't see any storm coming. (laughs) I don't see any danger. But the word of God, I mean, like right now, Israel, (laughs) uh, the word of God is like, hey, (laughs) big things coming, big things. I don't feel any danger. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep being a lukewarm, half-baked Christian. (laughs) You're wise when you will walk by faith and not by sight. God senses and knows things and sees things that we can never see until it's boom right on us. And so what are we to do? Well, like we just said there about Noah, we're to obey God by faith, even when it's difficult. And number three, last thing tonight is this. We're talking about confident faith. Number three, when you're living in faith, all right, when you're living in faith, you can praise God even before you see the answer. Sometimes you're probably here at church and you see this altar full of people praising God, lifting their hands, rejoicing, and woo, you know, getting all excited. And to the uninformed or ignorant person, they'd be like, man, 
All of those people have that incredible of a life. All of those people have every prayer answer that they can just jump and run. No, some of those people jumping and praising and shouting are going to hell on earth. But they're praising their way through the storm. They're so confident that God is going to deliver on his word that they don't have to wait to see it, to believe it. They don't have to wait until the walls come down to shout like they did in Jericho. No, they're shouting and praising when they are in the midst of the biggest battle of their life because they have faith. Amen. When you've got faith, you don't have to wait to praise. You can praise right now. Even if it's the worst time of your life, you can still praise even right now. Let's look at 1 John. 1 John, amen. 1 John chapter 5. And an example I use sometimes is, imagine that somebody that is an actual billionaire, okay, came up, somebody that's a billionaire, and and they wrote you a check for a million dollars. I mean... As of that moment in time, I would consider myself a millionaire, right? I mean, that, I, I, why? If Elon Musk or someone like that wrote, I mean, I got a check. He signed it right in front of me and handed it to me. I would officially consider myself a millionaire. And someone would say, I, not till I cash it and see it in that account. And I'm telling you what, well, yeah, if some like just dude came up and wrote me a check for a million dollars, I would want to see it in the bank before I could believe it. But if someone like Elon Musk did it, amen, I, why would I be so confident that I'm now a millionaire? Because I know he has the goods to back up his promises, right? Amen. And so if I've got a promise from God's word, about something, I can just say, hallelujah, it's done. It's good. I'm ready to go. I can sing. I can rejoice. And an ignorant person would say, how can you do that? I can do that because the one that made the promise has the goods to back it up. Amen. God's not writing checks that he can't cash. I'll tell you that right now. The goods are in the bank in the heavenly account and he can back it all up. Faith is confident. First John 5, 14 through 15 in the New King James, it says, Now this is the confidence, there it is again, confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, someone should say anything, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, someone say whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I love that verse. And people that are super maybe religious or full of doubt and and unbelief, you read that verse and they're like, brother, slow down. (laughs) Slow down. Anything? Well, I didn't write it. I'm reading it. Yeah, clearly it says anything according to his will. Well, how do you presume to know what the will of God is? Well, he left me like a 2,000 page copy of his will. I don't know. I I read it. I read it. Amen. It's the will. It's the testament of our father. And so if the word of God says that he wants me to have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yep. Yep. It's his will. I will pray for it and I will receive it. And I don't care if you like that or not. Doesn't matter to me. 
Amen. If it says I, uh, by Jesus wounds and stripes on the cross, the price for healing has been paid. Then I believe that I am healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. If it says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Anyone who calls on that name shall be saved. I love this stuff. And so, yeah, if you're praying for something that's not according to the will of God, you've got no promise you're going to get it. You got, you're on your own. But if I am praying for anything according to the will of God, hey, he says he hears it. Oh, he's hearing that. Amen. And according to the Bible, this is not my words. So you don't twist anything I'm saying. I'm not the one saying it. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If you got beef with that verse, talk to God, not me. Do we have time for one more? Okay. Acts chapter 16. Last one. Acts 16. All right. Acts chapter 16. And this is the ultimate Verse, the ultimate story of praising before you see the answer. I love Acts chapter 16. Incredible verse, incredible chapter. So what we have here is Paul and Silas, they, uh, they were arrested for preaching the gospel. They were beaten to a bloody pulp and then they were put in, uh, the inner dungeon where they were put into stocks. And it was just a bad scene, a terrible scene. And so, Acts chapter 16, verse 23. It says, They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into the prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So this sounds like a pretty lousy situation, right? You think you're having a bad day? This is a really bad day right here. They're beaten, they're bloody, they're locked up. They've got a guy that's assigned to make sure that they do not escape. And so verse 24, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Bad day. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Oh, come on. Listen, if you were beaten and locked up and, and the only thing wrong you did was preach the gospel, amen, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't deserve this. Would you feel like singing at that point in time? I mean, I would maybe feel like having a conversation with God, right? Why? What did I do? I did what you said to do. Now here I am, beat up, locked up, and my life is just going really bad right now. But Paul and Silas were not only singing to God, I believe they were singing really loud. Why? Well, they were in the inner dungeon and all the other prisoners could hear them. And so if you're in the inner dungeon, all right, with thick concrete walls, you're below the ground. I mean, you're just isolated from everybody. If you're just kind of singing like, uh, I don't have any songs come to mind. <laughs> uh, wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone give me a song, man. Okay. Jesus loves me this way. <laughs> if you're singing like that, nobody heard you, right? Nobody heard you. But they weren't singing like, I'm not going to sing how they sing because I don't want to blow the, the internet people out. But let's just say they were really singing loud. Whatever it is they were singing, it 
was loud and all the other prisoners heard it and they were listening. Now, what happens when they praise in the dungeon, when they're in the lowest moment of their life so far? Look at this. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Amen. I'll bet everybody was singing at that point. Yeah. And so would this have happened if they didn't have any faith? Would this have happened if they were in this terrible moment, blaming God, getting mad at God, getting mad at each other, getting mad at the president, getting mad at everybody else, blaming everybody? It wouldn't have happened. You would never read this story because it wouldn't be in the Bible. And so there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm going through it. And when I get on the other side, when I get through this, I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise God at that point in time. I'm going to tell you right now, you better learn to praise in the prison. <laughs> you better learn to praise where you're at right now. Or you may not, you may, there may, that day may not come. And so by faith. Not by feelings. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice costs you something. Sometimes I praise God and it's a sacrifice because I do not feel like it one bit. It cost me. It cost me something. It, it, it cost me overcoming my feelings. It cost me pushing through my bad mood. It cost me maybe when I'm tired and my arms don't want to go up and I don't want to sing. Sometimes praise, it costs me a little bit. It's a sacrifice of praise. But when I can give the sacrifice of praise by faith, prison doors come open, chains fall off, and we walk out to freedom. And then everybody wants to join in at that point. And we're like, yeah, come on, everybody join in. But we know who was really singing earlier on. I'm not, I'm not keeping tabs, but we know. Amen. And so everybody wants to join in and join the choir at that point. But I'll just, I'll close it out tonight. I'm over time. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do it, but I'll just tell you this much. If you have to wait for the deliverance to praise God, you're waiting too long by faith. Choose now to trust God, to obey God, and to praise God. And watch what can happen in your life. Amen. All right, we're going to be done there tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we're talking about confident faith. Faith is confident. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up with me tonight. And if you're here this evening and, and maybe you need prayer for something, maybe you're dealing with a situation, maybe you've got something going on, you're, you're in the storm, you're walking through the fire like, a, like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whatever the case is, we want to use our faith to be there with you and, and, and to hook up with you with what you're believing for. So if you need prayer, come on up tonight. We want to pray for you. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship. And if you don't need prayer, good for you. Pray for those that do. Amen. Let's go. As you make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shape prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful.
right. Well, we're going to close things out tonight. Uh, the ushers need a few guys to help them set up some tables and chairs uh, for the women's meeting on uh, Friday night. So if we get a couple of uh, good men that could help us over there for a few minutes, that would be great. Who's going to be here Sunday? Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm excited. Sunday's going to be great. Um, and of course, Harvest Fest is right around the corner. So let's just stay in the loop on that. Uh, we're going to get our graphic on social media in the next day or two. So share away on that and make sure everybody gets invited and it's going to be a great time. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you, and we know your word is true. And just like we saw in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith gives us that confident assurance that the things that we've been hoping for are actually going to happen. And so thank you, Jesus, that we have a confident faith in your word and your promises, and we're going to see some incredible things happening in our lives. We love you, and we praise you. Use us the rest of this week to be the light of the world everywhere. We love you you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus name. Can someone say amen? amen? All right. Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over Barstow. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll